Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Quarantine Break Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Ward, and this is the Socially Distanced Tea Break with Extraordinary People. Can it really be episode 15? The only way I measure time now is through the sheer amount of empty Amazon boxes piling up inside my house. And that actually does come up this week with today's wonderful, wonderful guest, DJ and broadcaster, Dev Griffin. I feel like now more than ever, that connection that you're making with people on the radio, the fact that you're some sort of consistency that when everything else is bonkers and just upside down, you're there for people. I've often trivialized my job. I've gone, oh, yeah, I just push buttons for a living or I just talk about myself. I now see so much value in what I do. You're gonna love spending the next 40 or so minutes in Dev's company. And that's why so many of us listen to him every single weekend. And speaking for myself, I finally get to tell Dev something that has been burning up inside me for literally years. But enough of me. Let's start the podcast right now. As always, I started by asking Dev how he takes his tea. Oh, Matt, I don't actually drink tea. Um, Oh, no. it's, It's not that I don't like it. I just never go out of my way to make any. I'm actually, I'm not just a coffee person i'm also a bit of a coffee snob (laughs) so uh (laughs) i'm uh i'm pretty serious about my coffee i have several different makers uh but i I, I, currently i like a very strong coffee with a little splash of almond milk that's my jam what kind of coffee are you going for so talk talk me through what a coffee snob is because coffee is not something i touch at all i'm only a tea drinker Although weirdly, I will have dessert type coffees. So I'll eat a tiramisu. I'll have a chocolate sweet that's got some coffee in. Normal coffee, can't, can't, can't do it. Even though I love the smell. Do you know what? It, interestingly, it's a bit, I've, I feel like coffee people are a bit evangelical <laughs> about like, you know, once you, once you make the switch, I think in our minds, coffee people are a little bit more sophisticated than <laughs> yeah. tea drinkers. We get stuff done. You know, we want to get up early in the morning. Um, 
So I, I actually remember the moment I got turned on to good coffee because before I, you know, I'm a I'm a working class kid, grew up in a council estate. I'd only ever had instant before, and I didn't see the need for it. People drank coffee for energy. I was like, what? I, I don't need any more energy. I'm a raging fireball of energy. Like I don't need any more. Um, but it was probably in my mid twenties when I was doing uh, early breakfast on Radio One. I had a producer at the time called Rodri. And he was very into coffee and he mm. would bring in a cafetiere with very posh coffee. And we would just nip outside the studio in between songs and you'd and have a cup. And then <laughs> I, I suppose it, it actually sounds like, it sounds like he's getting me into something a little bit harder than just coffee. Yeah. But that was definitely my gateway uh, into, Ooh, what's this? This is, this is, this is good. It, it definitely keeps me going. And then uh, once I was introduced to Monmouth coffee, in uh, uh borough market in in in, in south london it, it was it was over game changer well i got beans directly into a into a bag <laughs> and then you're smelling them on the way home and then from there it's a spiral you know you i bought a, a bean crusher i bought an electric uh a coffee machine one that is set for the uh, uh the morning i've got an italian style coffee stove just a good le crusade oh, wow. uh, uh, uh cafetiere now and I, even last night, I was I was uh, looking on Amazon at a really really posh coffee machine, but they're they're like two grand. Yeah, you you just can't you you can't justify two grand and not yet, not yet anyway. That really was a gateway for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I, honestly, I could I, I could talk the rest of the day about <laughs> <laughs> about coffee. I'm very serious about it. I don't I don't feel right, honestly, until I have my first cup in the morning. I don't feel normal. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to do anything so what is the coffee situation when you're live on radio presume it's not every time you want a coffee you just whack on a six minute song so you can stick the kettle on (laughs) well do you know what i'm talking all this nonsense about being a coffee snob um i I recently started uh my new show on uh on heart on saturdays and I, I nipped out for a coffee. I, I wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing. Made myself a coffee. Da, 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 da. Nipped back into the studio. Had a couple of sips. I was like, this is delicious. What is this? This is this is really nice. It was instant. Okay. <laughs> I checked and it was instant. Just a regular instant coffee. And it was really good. So that sort of contradicts everything I've just said. Because that particular brand of instant coffee was as good as a lot of posh coffees I've had. So do you like to be caffeinated during a show, Dev? Because I'm not sure it helps when I drink tea during these podcasts, because I just end up sounding quite giddy at the start. Do you know what? I I won't lie. There are moments in the mornings when I'm still adjusting my strengths (laughs) of of coffee, where you have a little bit too much and you feel a little bit jittery. I feel like almost a full cup is, is enough to kind of keep me going for the day. But you know what? I, I've been like that for so long. I don't know what I would be like if I didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know what if I didn't have a coffee before I had a chat or I went in to do a show. I don't. I don't know what I would be like. I'd probably be very low energy. <laughs> yeah. I imagine now. Yeah, I think I've. I think I've burnt up all my youthful energy, and now I like <laughs> r- r- rely on caffeine. Brilliant, brilliant, Dev. Thanks so much for doing this. Firstly, just so I can say once and for all, you were robbed in Strictly in 2019. Thank you so much. You know what? I never get bored of nanas right, <laughs> coming up to me or used to come up to me at the supermarket or stop me on the street and say the exact same thing. Thank you so much. And I always tell people, look, man, Strictly was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Genuinely, like so much fun. Um, but I would much rather it was that way around. People say, oh, you were robbed. 
rather than if I'd have stayed in it for long and I was not very good and people went, you shouldn't have been it that long, mate. So <laughs> I will... I will happily take that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bubbling up for a long time, Dev. It's it's 2021 now, and I'm I'm still not over it. But as I say, it was a good cha cha cha. You had so much more to give. You had so much more to give. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Honestly, it was. I, I cannot describe to people how much fun you have doing doing that show. And people who worked on it had 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 told me beforehand. But I just I don't know. I don't know if it's being maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, cynical being in this job yeah. for a long time but I just thought ah it, you know whatever it, it, it looks like it will be a laugh um, but everyone who works in the show is just so into it and they're so supportive they want you to do really well and you know I just I, I loved learning new, I loved learning new things. I loved, you know, the 12 hours of rehearsal every single day. I got into really great shape. I had abs for the first time <laughs> since I was a teenager. Uh it was, it was it was great. And do you know what? It's, it's funny about you saying you're still not over it. There was one of the most bizarre things I think I saw because it's very odd being inside the, 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 that strictly bubble. Yeah. Because I, in my mind, I don't exist in that kind of celebrity space. I know I, I, I pop up, I do things here and there, uh, but I don't feel like that. I don't go home and feel like a celebrity. Uh, but I remember a couple of weeks after there was some sort of march in central London mm. and somebody had a, 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 a placard. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I'm using that, that word, right? Somebody had a sign. Yeah. There we go. And it was a picture of me and my dance <laughs> partner, Diane. And it was, I forget what the caption was. It was something like we've been robbed just like <laughs> Devin Diane. <laughs> on and I thought that is that is totally bonkers. And I, I actually, in, in hindsight, that's probably the, the weirdest thing about the whole experience is it does feel very personal. You know, you, you spend all these hours in rehearsal, you get so close with everybody around you, all the other contestants, there's so much support, there's so much love. It does feel very personal. And you're putting yourself out there, you're doing a routine you've only learned in, in, in a matter of days. And it's in front of <laughs> millions of people. You know, there's, there's not that many uh, experiences I think people will, will go through in life that will be close, where something is incredibly personal, but it's in front of so many people. That is, is, is very odd. I mean, in the same way as you could talk about coffee for this entire podcast, I could talk about Strictly for this entire podcast. And I'm also glad that you saw my placard that day. I'm, uh, I'm really glad that was our, <laughs> that was our first meeting. Uh, but yeah, that, all of that is for another day. But more and more, this podcast is becoming my form of pandemic therapy because it's nice to be doing something that isn't work or involve me ordering stuff off Amazon, both of which is pretty much all I do these days. So thanks for being here today, Dev. What was the, what's the last couple of bits you got off of Amazon. I had, I, had a, I had a good one last night. I had a couple of good ones last night. Do you know what? I um, I bought a meat thermometer. Interesting. Okay. And here's the thing, Dev. I don't know why. You don't know why you bought a meat thermometer? Yeah, I don't know why. I remember ordering it. I remember thinking I needed one. Haven't used it. I don't know what I'd use it for. I um, I got... I've just got to be careful in case my my, my landlady is listening, <laughs> but I actually, actually bought a dartboard. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's a good one. A couple of weeks ago, let's just say I got a magnetic one. Um, <laughs> one of the kids. Uh, that was a that was a, a late night uh, drunk purchase. I also I just got a waffle iron. Oh, that's 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 a really good one. That feels proper lockdown purchase. Thinking, yeah, I'm gonna have waffles. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a few there's a few purchases like that. Bread maker. 
which I've used maybe five or six times yeah. in a year. <laughs> but it looks good. It looks good on the side. Like, I like it. You know, people, you know, in, in, in 2026, when people are allowed to visit your houses again, people will walk into my kitchen and they'll be like, this guy, this guy does stuff. He's got several different types of coffee apparatus. He's got a bread maker. He probably smells like fresh bread in here all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've used it like five or six times, like maybe. <laughs> I think my, mine is a toss up between either the meat thermometer or I also bought some Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp coasters because again, <laughs> I was convinced that I, I, I needed them, Dev. It's absolutely useless. Well, doesn't it also feel like, I don't know if this is necessarily the right at- attitude, but certainly going into lockdown three, this time it's personal. I've <laughs> kind of gone, do you know what? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> Who cares? If I want it, I'm getting it. <laughs> like, if I'm just going to be sitting in my house, if I want something that's just going to make me feel a little bit comfortable, it's just going to fill that void <laughs> a tiny little bit. I'm getting it. <laughs> feel the amazon guy is starting to judge me now i sort of see sadness in his eyes every time he hands me something it's like what now yeah. you don't need anything else yeah yeah or it becomes a bit of a um it's, it's sort of become a bit of a, a, a personal uh, it's become a bit of a game with my neighbors to see you know who's getting more stuff and if i if any of them ever catch me i'm trying to give them that look of no 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 this is stuff i actually need okay this is like really important work stuff it's not just stuff to fill my day when i'm not working looks like a dartboard you've got dev no 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 it's not it's not it's not this is this is essential but lockdown has done some weird things to us all we're obviously in february now lockdown three how are you feeling about everything i don't know man like every day it's a little bit different i think there was a lot more optimism with the first couple i think with this this one that we're currently in right now the biggest thing for me has been uh, my motivation. So I'm, I'm quite good working on incentives and having a goal in mind. But because it feels like everything's at a standstill, I think subconsciously I've gone, well, there's no point working really hard on ideas because mm. who, who are you going to give it to and when's it going to get done? It, yeah, it, it's actually like really zapped a lot of my uh, zest to get up and and, and, and do a lot of things. And, and what it's made me think about quite a lot is I never really had much of uh, my, my latter teenage years is when I got into children's television and I was, I was working quite a lot. Yeah. So that whole thing where you would go out with your mates at like 17, 18, you'd go out and, you know, you get drunk and you go out to clubs, you like, you know, do whatever. I never really did that. Yeah. And also before that, I'd been DJing at nightclubs and seeing people get drunk and thought, I don't really want to do that anyway. So what I think I'm doing now is living. (laughs) I think I'm living my teenage years where I'm getting up at midday, uh, (laughs) playing computer games for a couple of hours, you know, spending time on the internet, you know, I, I, I make music, but there are days where I've done nothing, nothing, nothing tangible, nothing I could show you, nothing good, just nothing. But here's what's, I can't work out if this is scary or not. I, I don't always necessarily feel that bad about it. I'm kind yeah. of like, well, I have had a lot of years where I've really worked my ass off and I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to take my foot off the pedal. I'm never going to do anything again. Mm. But it actually has been quite nice to really slow down, 
take it easy, chill out. I don't know how long I'm going to chill out for. I definitely don't want this to become a permanent thing. But uh, it has been nice just to be be still for a little bit. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd say I'm coping all right. I think back in lockdown one, we were all thinking we were all going to emerge with a second language or a screenplay, weren't we? But friends of the podcast, Robert Webb, I think tweeted the other day, what was it? My secret fear is that lockdown ends and my life is basically the same. And I think that's my life at the moment. It's the same as last March, but now I own a meat thermometer. Well, I think that's a really good point, right? And not to get too serious too quickly, but I... Here's what will here's what I think is so fascinating about what's going on. Previously, if you were trying to explain an experience to somebody, they could have an understanding, but unless they've gone through it, they wouldn't fully get it. This is something we all get. So it, it, you know, it's 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 been that thing of if you wanted to call me and I, and I didn't pick up the phone, you go probably don't want to talk. You want to oh well, why don't they want to talk? You get it. You, you understand that. You know what? At the moment, we're all just dealing with what we got to deal with. So I feel like at the end of this, the thing that we'll have in common. All right, we might not emerge being able to speak fluent German or be able to play uh, "Stairway to Heaven" perfectly on the guitar, but I think we will collectively have a better appreciation of freedom and being able to just like talk to each other, be around each other. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't like lockdown ends and then six months later, we're back to, uh, we're back to uh, uh, being the same again. But I, I think I've taken this time to do what we all have. I've taken a lot of time to do a lot of soul searching. A lot of the things that I thought, made me as a person a lot of the ways I thought I uh, 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 gave me value have been completely different I found out a lot of things about myself uh, again that thing of being able to slow down and just really take stock has been incredible and I think I'm going to emerge from this no I already feel like I'm a very different person to who I was a year ago but it's interesting you say about the uh uh, learning a language and I've, I've totally been that uh that cliche i've been i've been trying to learn spanish i've been getting really good at music again just being able to practice for hours on end and uh, really geek out on 16 bars of a particular song just to get the just 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 to just to uh, uh, really nail it and i think i've missed that being busy spending time doing something just creative and not because you want to be Jimi Hendrix or whatever just because it I feel like that's such an important outlet to do something I, I, I talked before about spending hours on uh, playing computer games and not that I don't think that, that I think that's important to be able to switch off and mm. disappear for a little bit but what I think is so important for me about doing something creative about making music or whatever it is is you have something tangible at the end of it I have something that I can I, I can show you and yeah, I, I, during the first lockdown, I didn't really do it that much. I just thought, well, I, there's, there's there's no point in doing any of that. But that's been really important for me in, in, in this one is to do something creative, make sure that my mind is still working. I'm not just kind of drifting off into, a, into an idle state. And of course, you did do something, I guess, quite seismic in lockdown. After obviously 18 years and 11 of those on air, you left Radio 1 and 1 Extra. Talk me through what that was like, because I guess major life events at the best of times are 
well, they're, they're major life events. But I guess in the middle of all this, that, that must have made it even even stranger. Do you know what, Looking back on it, it's probably the, the way I would have preferred it. I don't really want a bit... I, I wouldn't have wanted a big fanfare or loads of people to be in the office to you know, say anything or they all crowd around me. I don't think I would have found that a little bit intense. In fact, there was a really beautiful moment a few years ago when it was announced I was going to Radio 1 and I'd, I'd walked into the the One Extra office and a bunch, it was like something <laughs> out of a movie. A bunch of them like started clapping like, hey! um, you know, that's a real sense of, <laughs> oh, wow, this is my family and they're, they're like, really happy for me. Um, but no, this was... a. Uh, like leaving Radio One, leaving the BBC was uh, it was at the, the end of a, a, a huge era for me. You know, I I feel like I had so much fun. I've, I've I've made some incredible friends. Honestly, like the experiences that I've I've, I've had, the people I've met, the, the stupid interviews I've done. The way I've described it to people is, it's felt like you know that feeling when you were in school and you were on your way to a school trip. Maybe you're going to like Belgium or something for, yeah. for a couple of days. And you probably would have been in like year 10, maybe year 11. And you got to sit at the back of the bus. And you got to <laughs> sit there with all your friends. And you got to laugh and joke and you're listening to stuff on the wall. And <laughs> and laugh and joke. That feeling of like uncontrollable excitement. Like, this is the best. like that's what it's felt like being like Radio 1, 1 Extra. That's what it's felt like for, for 18 years. But then I, I also felt that there was... I don't know, like my, I, I felt like I'd done everything that I'd wanted to do there, and I just really wanted a new, a new kind of challenge. Coming to Heart has felt like, I mean, I've only been on a, 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 a month now, but every show I do, I feel like I grow in confidence, and I just, I'm get, I'm getting really settled and getting really comfortable. I met Kelly Brook the other day; she gave me some cookies. That was nuts. <laughs> like, think about this, right? This is how mad life is. I used to have a poster of Kelly Brook <laughs> on my locker in school. Right? I opened my locker in school, bam. It's probably from like, I don't know, Loaded or something awful like FHM magazine or something, right? So a picture of Kelly Brook and obviously Jet from Gladiators as well in my, <laughs> in my locker. And then fast forward some years later, and now I work with Kelly Brook. I work with her. <laughs> I walk up to her and say, was like, Kelly, you all right? She gave me some cookies the other day. Even though she didn't make them, she told me that she did. And they weren't. They were gifts from somebody else and she gave them to me from somebody else. But in, in, in life, just nuts like that. If I'd been able to tell the 15-year-old me, like, could tap him on his spotty shoulder and tell him, mate, years later, <laughs> you play your cards right, years later... You're going to be accepting cookies from Kelly Brook, mate. It's a wonderful life. It's so rare, isn't it, in a job to have posters of your colleagues? It'd be weird if I had it now. If I put a poster of Kelly Brook in my <laughs> new locker, that would be weird. Yeah. But I think you have a good time. But I guess not going through all that normal leaving stuff. Do you feel like you've you've had closure at your time at Radio One and One Extra? Because you know, for me, I I Dev, I I want the big leaving party. I want the speech. <laughs> I want I want them to clap me out. Yeah. Do you know what they? I, I feel like I had a really nice send off. So my producer uh, Liam. Yeah, do you know what I've just done? So I've drank the last bit of my coffee and, gra- <laughs> and granules have gone directly into my windpipe. So it might sound like I'm getting a little bit choked up, but it's coffee granules, okay? <laughs> uh, so my um, <clears throat> my producer Liam 
He, he put he worked really really hard on my last weekend of shows. He put together a really beautiful package of just silly interviews and like funny moments I've done. And um, I think being able to hear almost like my journey through the years that was a, a a big bit of closure for me to be able to hear how nervous I started out, how I sounded towards the end you know, talking to Tom Hanks and Will Smith and yeah, I feel like that was, that was like kind of my closure. And like I say, man, I just feel like I'm, I want, I want challenges, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and Radio One as, as, as amazing as it was, I, I did feel a bit too comfortable there. I felt like oh, I got this, you know, I, I know how to do this. And, um, I don't, in fact, you know, a, a, a few years ago, uh, so, so a mentor I had of mine, Ray, he he spoke so much about never getting too comfortable and always getting outside of your comfort zones. I remember he produced one of my radio shows when I was on One Extra once, and he told me uh, to use an industry term. He said, I want you to use this next link. I want you to talk without any beds, so it's without any music. Now, mm. I don't want to like patronize anybody listening, but just for non-radio people, the idea of speaking over music, there's a level of comfort there because if you stop talking, nobody's really thinking, oh my God, he's got nothing to say. <laughs> you kind of ride the music. It gives a sort of rhythm where you can stop for, you can stop for five, six seconds, jump straight back in. It sounds fine. But if you're talking just over, there, there, no bed, just dry. It's just your voice. Oh, what you're, what you're doing is you're like what we're doing now. You're creating a kind of like uh, uh, instant um, uh, connection and closeness with the, with the listener. Mm. And when he told that to me, when he said, you're going to talk without any, any, any bed, I panicked because I realized I've been using it as a crutch for a really long time. And I did it. And even though it was a bit freaky, it's like, oh, I actually quite enjoyed that. You've got this like level of intimacy now that you don't really get when you're, you're playing a, a, a bit of music. And I tried to remember that uh, for the for the rest of my even now I'm I keep trying to I try and keep that in mind that you you're not supposed to get super comfortable you are supposed to keep pushing yourself and challenging yourself to do new things and I think I've been I think I've been like pretty bad at that for for a, a number of years it's just kind of going ah this is all right it's cool <laughs> I'll just hang around for a little bit um, yeah I've I've never had anybody that's really pushed me or, or or sort of come down hard on me i've always want, wished that i could have some sort of you know those cliche uh uh pe teachers that you'll see in american high school yeah, films, yeah. Like, you know what i mean uh, you never amount to anything Griffin. Like, <laughs> i kind of wish i had somebody like that i'll be like i'm gonna show you but i've only ever had people around me that have told me that i'm brilliant and you're amazing <laughs> and you can do anything you want and the way that my brain works is i'm like well I guess if I'm brilliant, I can do anything I want. I guess I just won't do anything then. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's not the, I don't think it's the right way to be. I suppose speaking of challenges, obviously you worked right through all of the lockdown and the waves and the tears. What was it like going on the radio after that first lockdown was announced? I think it was March 16th and that was a Monday, but obviously you're there to entertain us. You're there to be our friend on the radio, but you also must have been feeling a lot as we all were. So interestingly, I've, had training for this kind of thing a few years ago. There was, I did the, um, well, you, you do training and broadcasting for if somebody important passes away 
And you also do training for a big, large scale terrorist attack. Wow. So there's a protocol in place, right? If there's a large scale attack, there's whoever's on air at the time at the BBC. So Radio 1, Radio 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. You get in a helicopter at a disclosed location, but it's nearby. You get in a helicopter and there's an underground bunker that you get taken to. And uh, it's it was created in the 70s during the Cold War. Mm. It's, it's a trip to go to. It's really weird. So it's in this, it was made during the 70s. So all the furniture and you know the, the the decor and stuff is straight out of the 70s. So it's like walking into, it's like going in a time machine and going back in time. But the studios have been updated ever so slightly. So it's a 70s style radio studio <laughs> with, you know, Windows 98 in it. It's <laughs> very bizarre. Uh, and they also have still have boxes of razors on the, the side of the walls from where they used to cut the reels and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really trippy to go into. So that's what you do your training there for. But here's the thing, right? I, I, it was really bizarre. I was doing these links. It's all, none of it's going out to broadcast. It's just training. You're around all these, you get briefed, you're around all these other journalists, and, you know, people from Radio 4 and you know, like the news people and stuff. And I think Sky News people were there as well. You'll break off and you go into your separate studios and you're supposed to do just a regular radio show. And then 10 minutes into it, you start getting the announcements and you get given something to read. And it's something like, you know, we've received this news. We're going to go to Newsbeat for a special bulletin soon. Mm. And it's, it's so bizarre because I was thinking... If there is a massive, large-scale attack and it's serious, why are you listening <laughs> to us? Okay, on the news, right? I was literally saying things like, "Right, well, there's uh, been several attacks up and down the UK. It looks very serious. We're going to go to the news in a little bit for an update." Here's, and here's Ed Sheeran. Like, why, why, why are we playing music? And, <laughs> I don't want to get in a helicopter. I'm going to go home. I want to go to my family. Man. I want to get out of here. So, uh, you know, sorry, it's a long way of saying. That I'd kind of, in my mind, been sort of prepared for if if something that had happened on a national or global scale, how I would go in and do that. And it's, it's something I still am really aware of now. So on, obviously, Heart's all about, you know, feel good and trying to put people in a good mood and... Mm. I feel like now more than ever, that connection that you're making with people on the radio, the fact that you're some sort of consistency that when everything else is bonkers and just upside down, you're there for people. I've often trivialized my job. I've gone, oh, yeah, just push buttons for a living or I'll just talk about myself. I now see so much value in what I do. And that's not to sound like a... <laughs> Big head or like, but even what we're doing right now, the platform that you provide, again, that connection that we're having with people, you know, there are days where I get up and I put on the radio or I put on a podcast and I need that. I need that. Not just, oh, you know, it's something to listen to. No, I need to just feel normal to hear that other people are experiencing what I'm going through. And the kind of messages that I, I I get on my shows is you really feel that, oh, wow, this is a, a, a valuable service that you're providing for, for people. You know, we're not NHS key workers, no, but 
it's nice to play someone a song and, and, and cheer them up. Or if someone's on their own, they feel like, oh, well, at least I've got you for company. I think one of your great skills, Dev, as a broadcaster is how you connect with people. And you have done that on all of your shows. Have you felt that change in people that you've spoken to over the past year? Or are they always just so excited to get on the show? No, I definitely feel like that's intensified the last year. Um, again, like I say, the kind of messages that I'm getting now is things like, oh, I'm so glad that you guys are on or I was feeling really bad today, but you said this thing, this made me laugh. And, uh, you know, when I was starting uh, uh, having conversations about like coming to heart, it's one of the things that really excited me is they said, you know, we're, we're trying to create those connections with the audience and it's something that I, it's taken me, it's taken me aback every single time is that loyalty that a lot of, uh, I don't want to say fans, but the audience that I've spoken to over the years, you've created a bit of, of, of loyal, of loyalty with them. And, um, I feel like people have been more vocal about that over the last year. Like I've, I had messages when I was posting stuff that to me wasn't, a big thing like I was posting on just on my Instagram about how I'd started to go for walks it's like my new thing that I need to get out of the house go for a walk it started making me feel better when the basketball courts was open I was like trying to go out there work out a little bit and I started to be more vocal about how I, I, I was feeling I was getting just DMs from people I've never met before never spoken to before just complete strangers the same things like I oh, listen if you ever want to talk you know, I, you know, I'd love to have a chat or I'll oh, listen. I, I was feeling kind of the same way. Thank you for posting about this. And and even though I, I certainly think before we went into lockdown, it, 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 it's sort of perfect timing that men, I can't remember who said it, but I think about it a lot. Somebody had said that mental health, maybe two, three years ago, was a bit of a dirty word. Mm. Talk about, and there are still mental health, dirty words to, you know, use a, 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 maybe a bit of a, a, a vulgar uh, a phrase, but, you know, talking about anxiety or depression, uh, those are the things two, three years ago, are the kind of things that you're not really supposed to talk about that, certainly not on a, on a, on a big platform, but I feel like going into lockdown, I don't want to say trendy. So again, I feel like that trivializes it a little bit, but I mm. definitely think we're having more conversations about that. So yeah, I definitely noticed the shift certainly in the last year that people reaching out to me and saying things that I've, I've definitely noticed that a lot more. That's been, that's been incredible. And, and I've, I never really respond to people who, who send me messages. I, I, I don't really know why I think cause I'm quite a private person. I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I've, I've never been in, in, in like super vocal that way. This is the way I like to connect to people, you know, I yeah, like to yeah. talk rather than like, you know, send somebody a message or, or, or type. But I do, I really appreciate it. If it's, if other people appreciate what I do, that's great. But I certainly appreciate any kind of uh, feedback that I get from people who say nice things like that. And as you've said, you started at Heart this year, New Year, and Heart is such an uplifting radio station. It feels like a really good home for you, Dev. Yeah, well, it's so it, it, you know going into it, it was like so different to what I was um, what I was used to, and I was thinking this is exactly what I want. This is a whole set of new challenges, and it's not like I have to change my style. I just have to kind of like learn the ropes and again how the new system works and after my my first week 
the best bit of feedback I got from from management and 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 the other the other people in the office, and uh, it almost almost gave me a little lump in my throat. They said, you know, you sound like you've been here for years. You sound like you've been on for ages, and that was the biggest compliment I could have I could have got. You know, it's, it's not just uh, a new radio station for me. You know, it's a, I've never worked anywhere else. You know, I started <laughs> at the BBC when I was 17 years old. I've never been in another office or around any other people before. So as well as um, as well as having, you know, maybe a little bit of anxiety of, oh, am I, am I going to sound good? And are the audience going to like me? You also like, oh, am I going to fit in around the office? And the, the, the first the first couple of days was exactly like, when you were uh, the first day of, of of big school for the first time in year seven, when you walk in with a giant backpack on, and everyone just seems like so much bigger than you, and they know everybody, and it seems like so intimidating. But they were just so welcoming and supportive, and yeah, I immediately felt like, all oh, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it here. These guys are great. I always ha- had assumed that every every DJ's got their sneaky eye on a breakfast show. But I think if you ask me right now to pick my perfect slot, it would be 12 to 4 weekends because you don't have to get up early. Doesn't <laughs> it's a time it's a time that doesn't ruin your weekends. You can yeah. do stuff before or after and when yeah. you're allowed, you can go out on a Friday or a Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when we are going to be allowed to go <laughs> out again. Oh, my goodness, that would be that would be good. But yeah, no, I, I, interesting. I, I I feel like I'm quite my my style is quite weekend. I'm I'm quite chatty, and I feel like my show at the moment it, it's a bit like um, you know, when you're sat at the pub with your mates and you, you're like showing them stuff that you've like found on like TikTok or YouTube. Yeah. Oh, have you seen this like dumb clip or whatever? It, it feels like very um, yeah, it feels like very sat around like, hanging out with your mates sort of thing yeah i want to talk a little bit about music because you're actually the first person on the i've had on the podcast with any connection at all to the music industry obviously the past year for live music has been incredibly rough hasn't it yeah i didn't realize how much i would miss going to a live gig and there's something I talk about a lot. Going to Ibiza, something I've really missed this year. Going to uh, carnivals, mm. I've really missed. It's something I, I do quite a lot with my friends. We, we try and we, we've been trying to go to as many different carnivals as possible. What I've missed the most, right? You get this, you get this in Ibiza. You get this at carnival when you're around so many people who feel exactly the same as you. So they're there for the exact same reasons. And you're having that sort of collective euphoria. And I really feel like I've taken that for granted. You know, I've been at mm. live gigs before. You, you you work in radio, you get to go to a bunch of live gigs. Da, da, da. Like I can remember being at the back of a King Kings of Leon gig. Like it's an intimate gig. <laughs> and I'm there like talking to a mate about like mortgage prices in London or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And like, here's this legendary band performing in front of maybe 150 people. And I was just like, ah, whatever. I'll get to see Kings of Leon again. No big deal. Um, so to go back to what I said before about I feel like when this is over, I'm really going to start appreciating that <laughs> again. I don't think I'm ever going to. I never thought I would miss being in a you know a, a, a little dark, sweaty room with a sticky floor, like have people bumping into me. And I, I, I never thought I would miss that. But yeah, that's 
I don't even know if we'll ever fully be allowed to do that. Again. Will clubs be allowed to go to full capacity if it will just all be out in the field? Mm. I don't know. But at least we're old enough to remember what it was like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw back in July, there was this test case with Frank Turner. He did this socially distanced gig, but he said it didn't really work because those venues really only work if they're at capacity and then gigs only work if they feel like gigs. But do you think do you think live music can come back like that or that there is an alternative? In the first lockdown, I was making a point of a couple of times a week, I pour myself a drink, turn the lights off I'd like crank the TV and I would watch some live music so um I watched quite a lot of those tiny desk concerts yeah um I, I don't think I've told anyone this uh before but I sat and I watched uh, uh Etta James perform live right and I started mm. crying like full-on just crying and not and and not it wasn't sad tears either. Like I've been at funerals and not shed a tear. And I, I watched the set of James' performance, and it was her singing "I'd Rather Go Blind." And I, yeah, like I said, I just started crying. I felt like, oh my god, she really means this. Every single word of this, she really means. And I guess there's, there's something you don't quite get with a recorded performance or sat listening to to, to someone's album. Um that just really hit me that, again, I'd taken all of this for granted so much, uh, how much I really appreciated being able to go to a live gig, feel that connection with uh, with an artist. So I I don't know, man. I, it's never, you're never going to replace that live element. But also what I've appreciated is seeing how, how artists have dealt with that. So streaming from their living rooms and... Mm-hmm. I've quite enjoyed uh, uh, watching people do even just like setting up a camera in the studio and seeing their workflow and and and, and seeing how they do things. So I don't know. Maybe before, do do we sound a little bit like what people would have said when uh, uh, nobody was buying vinyl anymore? <laughs> yeah. People were like, oh, well, how's it going to work? And will it ever be the same again? And oh, if everyone's just streaming music, how yeah. would it work? And then musicians and the industry adapted, and then you know we now we do it like this. So I. I don't know. Again, I, I, it, it might never be like properly the same again, but yeah, I don't know. It's a depressing thought, isn't it? Yeah. But I suppose on the flip side, 2020 was a good year for music. I mean, you had Taylor Swift spitting out albums. Well, like the rest of us spat out banana bread, but did you, <laughs> did you have any music highlights from last year, Dev? There's an artist called Poppy Ajuda. Mm. And I've really, she does a lot of the sort of behind the scenes things or she'll it just post her singing with her guitar um, there's a few artists that I follow on Instagram who, who who do stuff like that, and that's prompted me to do a lot more of my own music. And you know, I, I studied music, I got a degree, I played guitar a lot, and then as soon as I finished my music degree, I just kind of put my guitar down and went ass. Enough <laughs> of that. Got tired of playing like eight hours a day every day for flipping five years. Uh, but recently, I've really got back into it and being afforded the time to get good at stuff. Yeah. I think that's what puts a lot of people off wanting to learn, especially something like guitar. Guitar takes a long time before you can sound good. Yeah. 
and and you physically have to you check your body has to change in order to get good at it you you have to get strength in your hands and your fingers and you have to grow calluses over the end of your fingertips and it's one of the things about if you've been a guitarist and you've taken a lot of time off and then you come back to it you feel like an absolute scrub because you're, you're like, oh, I remember I used to be good and now I can't play these things that I used to be able to. And that's quite disheartening to begin with. But just being able to do, like 20 minutes every day is better than trying to cram in nine hours, like one Sunday a month. Uh, but before where it would have put me off, seeing some people be really good at playing music or one thing I've always wanted to do is, I'm not a great singer, but I've always wanted to be able to play and sing at the same time. And I've always seen people and gone, oh, I'll never be that good. But what I've started to think is, oh, I actually can be if you just practice a little bit every day. Just put a little bit in the bank every day, 10, 20 minutes. doesn't have to be like hours and hours of practice. Um, yeah, I, think, I, I don't know if that sounds weird to say, but maybe my music highlight has been being inspired by a lot of other artists to go... I can. I might not be that good, but I could. I could throw a little something together. Dave, I have to finish up by finding out what TV shows have kept you going. What have you been watching? So I've just binged that um, the Night Stalker on on Netflix. Oh, what's that one? That's the one about the. It's actually really dark. It's a really awful, awful guy who was, I think it was in the, in the 70s, in the 80s or something. No, it was just before, it was in like 1985, I think. There was a, a serial killer, rapist, monster person running around LA and everyone was really scared and it was like this huge nationwide manhunt to get him. Wow. Uh, but I binged like the whole series in, in one day. Here's the thing, I've heard about people doing that before, about binging the series, the series in one day. Uh, not for me yeah because you don't take the information in you're going to watch two episodes and then you're (laughs) going to get a little bit bored you're playing your phone for a bit you're going to do the washing up you'll potter about and then something really interesting will happen and you go oh i've missed that i've missed that and you have to rewind (laughs) it then you sit down and then the whole cycle repeats so uh, basically any i've I've seen a bunch of memes about this recently and what i think is, is me sound like a actual granddad right now but what the great thing about memes is is when you see one and you go oh my goodness that's me that's why i'm i'm doing that so one of the ones i saw was somebody looking really comfortable in bed like smiling and the caption was something like me watching uh documentaries on serial killers before bed and that uh, genuinely that's like my that's like my my whale song before i I, I drift off at night i have some sort of documentary or a, 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 a podcast, I, I listen to uh, those conspiracy guys, uh, just a five-hour mm. documentary deep dive on serial <laughs> killers and horrible people. And it's not because I'm training to become one. I think it's just so fascinating to, I, I, I guess, find out, like, it's not necessarily what these people do. That's always very grim and awful. It's always like, oh, how did mm. they get to that? How did, what happened to this person that makes them like that way? And I, 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 I to, to go back to all the way to the beginning, when I was uh, 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 offered Strictly, they also offer therapy and counseling as well. Such a like big thing oh, wow. to be involved in. I was like, sign me up, man. I love that. And I thought I was going to walk into therapy and talk about, um, anxieties about doing the show 
and about the attention mm. that you get from doing it. And my, I remember my first day of therapy, I was like, right, so got this thing, right, about my childhood and these <laughs> issues around like confidence and blah, 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 blah. And you know, I just started spewing out all this stuff. And I realized, oh, actually I should, I should, uh, I should probably talk to somebody about this. And I recently went back to, uh, I recently went back to therapy and it's kind of reminded me about uh, how important it is to have those types of conversations and decompressing is like a big thing for me at the at the end of the day and, and I don't want to sometimes I don't want to worry my family or like offload too much on my friends so sometimes it's actually just really nice to talk to somebody who doesn't know you is not necessarily mm. invested in your future or you know is trying to tell you things that you need to hear you just need to say what you're thinking out loud and most of the time I go oh that's ridiculous I don't actually think that that's just a weird thought that's a uh, that's, uh, that's popped into my mind. So I've had to think a lot recently about things that have happened when I was growing up that have formed the way that I view the world and really silly things as well. Like it's so mad. The weird thing that a year 11 kid would have said to me in school that stuck yeah. with me for ages and it's just, in, just calcified in the back of my brain somehow. And it's like changed the way that I, I, I think about things. So Again, to, to really hammer home that I'm not a serial killer in training. I am just <laughs> fascinated with the way that people's brains work and how people end up so messed up to, uh, to make sure that I don't. So I, I think it's helping. And people talk about Strictly being a journey. I love that your Strictly journey is still going on today. <laughs> It really is, yeah. Dev, thank you so much for joining me. I've really, really enjoyed That's that. That's been fun, man. Thanks for having me. I've listened to Dev on the radio for years, and I always thought he seems like such a nice guy. And it turns out he is. The way he talks about radio and his listeners, he loves them just as much as we love him. Don't forget, you can catch Dev on Heart every single weekend, 12pm to 4pm. What a time slot. Every single week, this podcast community continues to grow. So thank you for all the nice things you've all been saying on Twitter. This is my first podcast and it's only the 15th time I've done one. But to see how much you've been enjoying it is a real joy. If this is your first tea break, please subscribe and spread the word. We're on all your socials at Quarantine Break and reviews and stars always, always, always make my day. Come back Tuesday, the 9th of March, for the next tea break. But in the meantime, please stay indoors. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.